What do you want to be known for? Your answer is what helps you stand out so that you and what you offer aren't viewed as a commodity. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to join me today. Although it is August, this is the perfect time to set yourself up for ending the year strong. And if you're like me, you're brainstorming and planning how to use the remaining months to close the gap between your year-to-date numbers and your goals. More specifically, how do you hit or exceed them? Well, if you want a pacing partner, a second set of eyes, and a different perspective on what small tweaks may need to be made to your business model, sales process, and pricing to make it happen, well, then let's chat. Send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know you want to schedule a discovery call, and we will take it from there. Now, let's get into today's show. And I have a little bit of a caveat right off the top. And that is this. I am about to make a connection that may seem odd, but bear with me because the purpose is to remind you of the power of you and your brand. First though, a few questions. What do you want to be known for? Do you ever experience professional envy? How do you tend to respond to times of economic uncertainty, whether it's macro in nature, for example, the overall economy, or micro in nature, for example, it's related to your business or personal economy? Here's why I ask these questions. Recently, I shared with a friend that a certain social media personality triggers me. To be clear, I don't begrudge this person her success. In fact, I'm actually happy for her and feel we need to see more examples like hers. But if I'm honest, at times though, I am miffed by her seemingly, real big emphasis on the seemingly, meteoric rise in her recognition. My term for this, this feeling, is professional envy. And I felt vulnerable admitting this to my friend, as I do, quite honestly, admitting here to you in this episode. However, the more I reflected on that conversation and I worked through my feelings, the more I realized I needed to focus less on the attention this social media personality was garnering and more on what I was going to do to double down and bet on myself because my takeaway was, well, clearly that is exactly what she is doing. And that's when it hit me. The same is true. The whole doubling down and betting on yourself. It is true when it comes to navigating periods of economic uncertainty, because both in their own way, invite you to bet on yourself. Always and always, as the saying goes. And a great place to start doing this is with your answer to my question. 
Because whatever your answer is, that is your brand. So what do you want to be known for? Now, this is not the first time that we've covered this topic on this podcast, but I think it is one that warrants a revisit and probably a revisit on some frequent basis. Because if you've ever given yourself permission to take the time to ask this question, then you know that these eight quote unquote simple words when woven together are really, really profound. Mostly because your answer not only has an effect on the choices you make, but also on the choices others make regarding you, especially when it comes to your business. What you want to be known for, i.e. your message, is really the anchor that positions you in the marketplace, otherwise known as in the minds of others. It is what helps you stand out so that you and what you offer aren't viewed as a commodity. So let me bring your attention to three things in relation to all of this. It may seem obvious, but the first place that you have to start is with you. So if you don't already have an answer, here are a few more questions to consider as you work to develop or refine your message or answer the question, what do you want to be known for? So here's another question. What do you do, how, and why? What's the difference you're making with your body of work for the people you serve? What are your goals and your values? After you've answered these questions, how can you convert your answers into a single sentence that expresses your vision, strengths, and what you want people to know about you, your company, your expertise, your skills, and your perspective? As for me, I want to be known as the person who explores the human side of money by helping people prioritize their behavior, choices, and emotions with money over the math of it in both business and in life. That's why the intro to every episode is what it is. So the first is to start with you. The second is to pay attention to the mind of others. When it comes to your message and to mine, there is someone on the other end. That's why it's beneficial to view your message, to view what it is you want to be known for more as a conversation with this purpose to connect. And more than likely, your message needs to connect with multiple audiences. So here we go with another set of questions. Who are your audiences? What does each audience need or want from you? What do you know or are assuming about your audience's goals, interests, needs, and wants? And where and how does your message vis-a-vis what you are offering intersect with the solution they need or want? And if it's the case that you're listening as someone who doesn't work as an entrepreneur or small business owner, this does still apply to you because please keep this in mind. In whatever industry you work, whatever may be your role, you too have audiences with needs and wants and who are looking to you to solve their problems and offer up solutions. So whatever hat you may wear for each audience, you likely need to tailor your message in a way that causes them to take notice. 
I certainly do this. The core of my message is the same for sure, but I tweak it slightly for my clients who hire me for speaking engagements versus coaching clients because they have different needs, wants, and goals. Here's the third thing you have to consider, creating an emotional hook. Sometimes you need to create mental images so that your audiences, plural, can connect with your message emotionally. And to do that, that's when we tap into storytelling and maybe sometimes using some social statistics. So for example, and this is going back to pre-pandemic times when actually I first appeared on Sirius XM for one of their fishbowl panels. At this event, I shared a statistic about the number of employees employed by Fortune 500 companies. And so this is going back a few years ago, but I think this stat is still relevant. And that is approximately 28 million people. I asked the live studio and online audiences to think of the S&P 500, something they probably hear referenced daily, and to think how the represented companies employ approximately 17% of the nation's workforce or the population of the state of Texas. I then said how U.S. small businesses employ approximately 57 million people. Yet, if you take a look at our tax and healthcare policies and reform, all of that is done with the smaller percentage of people in mind. This was one of the many tactics that helped me to create imagery with an emotional hook especially since part of my message that evening and even now was to reinforce the power of small business ownership and to encourage voting for politicians that support small businesses. And so now here's where the odd connection comes into play. The way to respond when the gremlins of professional envy bubble up are the same as when you are navigating acute times of economic uncertainty. Again, whether on a macro or a micro level. And that is to bet on yourself by doubling down on your brand, AKA what you want to be known for. Tap into the power of the concatenation of your personality, expertise, knowledge, of your perspective, skills, self-trust, of your interests, brilliance, etc., and how these all coalesce to help you solve problems for other people as only you can do. Betting on yourself helps you to evaluate and take calculated risks, evaluate opportunities, assess trade-offs and, um, you know, to have a better understanding of, of when and, and what you might say yes or no to, to maintain a proactive stance and growth mindset. Betting on yourself helps you to identify where you have some holes or vulnerabilities that haven't been tackled or not sufficiently enough in perhaps your process or uh, even, even perhaps in, in your mindset <laughs> that you might be bringing to a situation. Um, betting on yourself helps you to deepen your intuition, which is really, really needed in order to turn common information into personalized insight. Betting on yourself 
helps you to interrogate what's beneath the surface of your feelings, be it of envy or financial insecurity, so that you can get curious about what that is inviting you to do next. And whether you do this one at a time or all together, what I've just described is how you clap back <laughs> at professional envy, but it also turns out to be how you avoid letting economic uncertainty cause you to obsess about fear, lack, and scarcity. I like to think of the uh, title, or let's just call the title of this episode, the time is always right to bet on yourself because it's true. The time is always right to bet on yourself. So on a scale of one to five, how are you doing in this regard? If your answer isn't a five, then receive this episode as a nudge to develop or refine what you want to be known for because your brand makes room for you. It makes room for you personally, professionally, and financially. And it is a key tool for betting on yourself. Well, that is it for today's episode, folks. As always, thank you for hanging in there and listening all the way until the end. If today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear more please send me a DM on Instagram. And if you want some help starting now in August or really probably September to, to finish the year uh, hitting or exceeding your goals, then let's chat. Send me a DM on Instagram and we'll set up a discovery call and take it from there. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast or perhaps this particular episode, please share it so we can reach more people. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review. We do, in fact, read them. And last but not least, if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Thank you once more for listening today. I'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about more than money.